Hey everybody, Hello. welcome back to Friday Night Dinner with Morgan and Rochelle. This is Morgan. This is Rochelle. Today we are doing Season 2, Episode 4. The Road Trip to Harvard. I was going to say the episode name, but I'm trying to look at the TV to read it to you, and I don't have my glasses on, and I realized <laughs> I couldn't read it, and then Rochelle swooped in right you there. You blind. <laughs> That's kind of how you feel. Morgan, I have some thoughts from listeners to okay. share with you from Instagram slash email. So first up is Tracy, who wrote to us on Instagram. She said, hey, loving the last few episodes. It was funny. I didn't realize how much I don't like Gran until you guys were discussing her. She's totally awful. She is. She is awful. You asked for proposal stories, so here it goes. This is a good one. My hubs and I had been dating for a year, and we we were planning on going out on our anniversary to celebrate. Leading up to it, I got worried that he would propose at the restaurant. I hate being the center of attention, and I would have been so embarrassed. Mm. So we exchanged gifts that morning. (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing because I know what comes, and it's funny. (laughs) We exchanged gifts that morning, and he had made me a video slideshow of our first year together. It was so sweet, and it ended up with the screen saying, I have something to ask you. Then he got up and proposed in our living room. I'm so glad it was at home. It was perfect for us. He gives me a hard time to this day because I made him pause it halfway through so I could go make eggs. (laughs) When I wrote back to her, I was like, that is so exactly something I would do. So you made him pause it? This nice video he took the time to make you to go make eggs. She didn't want to be hungry when he asked her to marry him. She said. She didn't want to make a hangry decision. She said, I was hungry and I had no idea the proposal was connected. He was hiding the ring between his leg and the couch, so he just sat there. (laughs) I'm sure it was the longest 15 minutes of his life while I made breakfast and brought it back. We survived our first year of marriage in lockdown, snuck it in just before the world shut down in December 2019. So thank you for sharing that, Tracy. That's amazing and hilarious. That's such a good story. Oh, it's so good. That's actually really funny. I know, right? Okay, Camilla wrote to us on Instagram. So Camilla... Uh, has emailed us in the past, but she also wrote to us on Instagram. She said, Hi, Rochelle and Morgan. I'm Camilla from Italy. Thinking about your last episode of the season one recap, by the way, congratulations on finishing it. Thank you. I just want you to know that you kept me company with your amazing podcast, and it has become my favorite habit in the morning, right before my university classes. You gave us listeners entertainment and fun in a complicated period of time, and this is something really important and valuable. I loved the interview episodes with Marin and Rebecca. I had the opportunity to listen to diversified stories and opinions, sometimes very far from mine, but absolutely interesting and educational because you can learn a lot of new things, even from a stranger from another part of the world. Also, I love the fact that you mixed your passion for Gilmore Girls with your love for Harry Potter, huge fan also, or your interest for astrology to create different episodes and stories. Season one is my favorite season of the show and you did it justice. And of course, you gave it an amazing recap but I'm looking forward to seeing what content you'll create for season two. P.S. I am team Logan and I really, really, really don't like Jess, but maybe listening to you, I'll change my mind. Have a nice day. Keep doing this amazing podcast. Okay. Number one, can I just say, I love her outlook right like, on just everything. Yes. Like she's so positive vibes and, and, and willing to hear other people's opinions. Like I already like her and I right? want to be friends with her. When we come to visit Italy in a year and a half, you know, let's hang out. Yeah, I love that. I also love that she says um, that maybe listening to us, she'll change her mind about Jess, Mm -hmm. which, Camilla, I'm in the same boat as you. I really don't like young Jess, but who knows? Maybe Morgan will change my mind. We'll see. I can make it happen. (laughs) 
What did she say? What part of Italy she's from? No, she did not. Um, she might have said it in a previous email, so mm-hmm. I'd have to go look. But Camilla, feel free to share that with us when you hear it. Also, I wanted to share this. So we talked about in our most recent episode that has aired. We talked about Lane's Korean name. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, I realized it's yes. not the same word over and over. Yeah, I realized it recently. It's like it's Hyun Hyun. Young, young, I think. Yeah. So we did it based off what the subtitles had. But then I saw, mm-hmm. I think I saw Hillary sent it. That or no, I think I saw the subtitles when um. Okay, so I recently watched the episode, spoiler, where Lane gets married. Yeah. And um, I think her grandmother, Lane's grandmother, calls her by her mm. Korean name, and the subtitles got, got it right, right okay. that time because they and got I saw it right. Multiple. It was Hyung Young, like it was two different right. words. And I, because they got it wrong the first yep. time. The first oh, two times. Either they, they got it wrong, right? Either yeah. that or I just like was hearing it wrong. No, they got it wrong because I went back and checked. They spelled it wrong on the subtitles for the episode that we recorded. And also on an episode in season six, mm-hmm. Lane or Rory mentions Lane's Korean yeah, what's name. It, what about your Korean name? And they spelled it wrong there as well. So that was what we based it off of. But Hillary Rory, sent was us. It, was it the episode where her mother, grandmother calls her? Or is it the one where... She's mad because Zach writes a bunch of songs about other girls. And then he goes, oh, what about your... He's like, it's hard to rhyme things with Lane. Like, what about your Korean name? No, and that's the goes, one I just watched. Out. And I think they that still spell it wrong in that because one. Yeah. I watched one recently and that's when I realized, oh my gosh, it's not yeah. the same two words. It's two different Two words. different words. So Hillary ended up sending this to us on Instagram. Hyung Yong. So Hyung mean I hope I'm saying that right. Means virtuous, worthy, and able. Oh. Or shine or glitter, combined with young meaning court or virtuous, chaste, loyal. So she could be. That's actually really cute. She could be glittery, loyal, glittery, chaste. <laughs> so there's very chaste and glittery. Ch- chaste Those and glittery. Seems like they don't go together. <laughs> so yes, we. I think that that is the actual meaning of it. However, according to the Netflix subtitles Mm -hmm. that is not the case so thank you hillary for sharing that because definitely i think the subtitles got it wrong yeah and last but not least we got an email from larissa from eating gilmore so i just stalked her on instagram recently did you i just stalked her eating gilmore page today i like right before you came (laughs) over and i was looking at um because I scrolled back to the episode that we're doing today mm-hmm. to see what she made. Oh, what did she I make? was wondering if she made the scones that are <gasps> yeah. in this episode. But she ended up making the nuts from oh, Hayden's funny. nuts. Yes. And I just thought that was so That's funny. That's amazing. So she wrote to us based on our most recent episode and said, Hi, just finished your latest episode and wanted to weigh in on some of the college stuff. Y'all are right that it's unfair that we ask 16 to 18-year-olds to know what they want to major in because the part of the brain that's last to develop is the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that makes rational slash complex decisions. Mm -hmm. This doesn't fully develop until our mid to late 20s, so it's really hard to make that big of a decision as a teenager. The statistic that gets tossed around is that about 75% of college students change their major at least once, so it's really common. I actually think colleges that make students take general education or a core curriculum are not the best for students who are unsure. They are forced to take classes they don't like, and they have less time to explore their options. Oh, yeah, and they can't decide earlier Mm -hmm. on. That makes sense. I never thought about it that way. Liberal arts colleges or schools without a core 
allow students to take classes that excite and interest them, which can help them figure out what they do want to major in. Mm -hmm. Just my two cents as your resident college expert. Love the episode, and I hope to have more college conversations with y'all. I would really love to come back for app on for application anxiety. So I told oh, her we're definitely yes. going to have her back on for season three, application anxiety. You know, I don't know. Now I'm questioning whether my college did make me do general education courses because I was in the nursing, like pre-nursing. Right. When mm -hmm. I applied, I applied as a pre-nursing major because right. then later on you apply into nursing. And all of my classes, like even if it was stuff that wasn't directly related to nursing, like if we had to take an English class or mm -hmm. something, it was all in the scope of that everyone in there was going to be a nursing major. Right. And it was all like looking forward mm -hmm. to nursing stuff. Like even all of our, even our microbiology class was like, and this is how it can relate. It, like even our book had like sample NCLEX questions. Right. Even though it was just a microbiology, you know what I mean? NCLEX is the test, that, the boards mm -hmm. essentially that you take as a nurse. And so I'm wondering now, like, I don't even know what kind of call. I don't, did I go to a liberal arts college? I'm not sure. Yeah, see ours... Because I did community college first, and then I went to Clearly a four-year. I paid year. attention to my college very well. Well, I had to take all these dumb classes just to fulfill general education, you know, yeah. points. And, it, yeah, it was – it felt like kind of a waste because by the time I got to my – to finish my two last two years at a four-year four university – I actually considered switching my major, like, at the end of my junior year. I oh, was kind wow. of sick of English at that point, and I also hadn't had, like, I had only taken one year of, like, specifically English classes, and I was like, I don't really know if this is actually what I want to do. So I think Larissa's right. I think, you know, I spent so much time taking all these random classes to fulfill all these requirements that by the time I got to the classes that actually, quote unquote, mattered, mattered for my yeah. degree, I realized that I wasn't really as thrilled about it as I thought I was mm -hmm. going to be. But if I had been able to do that my first year of school. Maybe you could have made it your exactly. mind Exactly. So there's pros and cons to that because the pro would be you might be able to decide faster. But I don't know if this is even accurate and I can be corrected if I'm wrong. I think the con of it would be if you're not taking... GE courses that can go towards any major mm -hmm. then basically if you take a year right. of specific classes that are not GE then does that whole year of classes sort of like can, can do they not apply to right. a different major because like I know if you're taking GE classes your GE classes could generally like if you're like oh I don't want to do engineering you know you can still use your GE classes towards a different major. Yeah. So I don't know if it works differently if you don't do I that. think it would work if you were going to, like, for example, a liberal arts college, like Larissa said, mm -hmm. where all of the classes in that liberal arts, arts like, overarching not theme. Like if you're that's going like, to a similar Right, exactly, maybe. yeah. So, like, if you switched from, like, English Health to... Health sciences to nursing. Right, or, exactly. Yeah. Or English to communications yeah. or, you know, something like that, then it wouldn't really matter because... The, in likelihood, I'm sure that they would transfer. Yeah. I mean, I could be completely wrong, and La Larissa can definitely correct us on that. I know. It's... Sorry, I can't speak. I'm realizing how very little, apparently, I know about the college application. Oh, me too. And root process. Even though I went through it. I was just so... Well, I was only focused on yeah. just finishing That's, like my, yeah. what I wanted to do. I wasn't like, what are my other options? Right. And well, if I... Because I just didn't think... I. I sort of knew I wasn't going to yeah. change my mind, so I was like, I didn't even look into, like, are these transferable? You right. know what I mean? Well, and I, I think, in my case, I didn't really even think about it because I had been on that path for so long at that point that the thought of changing was just like... Maybe you're like Rory. Maybe it was like Harvard. Like, she hadn't thought about I, yeah. anything other than Harvard. Kind of 
definitely felt, feels like that. I, I think actually maybe even Lorelai was more narrow because remember she didn't want her to apply to any colleges yeah, any on the other schools. side of Harvard. So silly. So anyway, so that was a t- fun tangent. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I have from social media slash email. Morgan, do you want to remind us what happened last episode before we jump into this week's episode? So last episode was red night on the wedding, red light on the wedding night, <laughs> and it was basically the episode where Lorelai had her bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. And she calls Chris at her bachelorette party, mm-hmm. and her mother says the whole thing about how, you know, the week before she got married, she tried on her wedding dress every night. And so, basically, it's the episode where she realizes that she doesn't really want to marry Max and calls off the whole wedding. Yep. So, that's essentially what happens. That's where we are. I, actually, I have a really quick interlude. Yeah. So, right before you came over, Rudy showed me, he has a TikTok, I don't have a TikTok, mm-hmm. and he showed me in, like, a, I don't know what you call it, a... Video? A video on TikTok? I don't know. I don't, a, I don't a reel on TikTok? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like a little clip we from TikTok. So old. I know. I really feel very old right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so he showed me a reel on TikTok of top 10 Emily Gilmore quotes. <gasps> and it was like clips of her quotes. Yes. Top 10. And the, one of them that was on there, which is one of my all-time favorite quotes, is, is the one where Richard goes... Only whores have two glasses of wine at lunch, and oh she's go- she goes, well, then take me to Reno and put a feather bow on me, because I am open for business. <laughs> I love that and quote. I, I just loved it. It made me so I happy. love that quote so much. I almost love it as much as the clean this, do that, sacrifice a virgin on your way out. That's one of my favorites. So much. Oh, anyway, so, so that made me really happy. That's hilarious. That's okay. So getting into this episode, season two, episode four, The Road Trip to Harvard. So we open with Rory and Lorelai are on their road trip, their spontaneous mm-hmm. road trip that... They don't know where they're going. They have no idea where they're going. Rory's trying to read a map and Lorelai's like, where's your sense of adventure? And where's your sense of spontaneity? And Lo- Rory's like, listen, I'm hungry. I don't really feel like dying of exposure in a I don't want to sleep in the car. <laughs> yeah, like, like we need to have a plan. We need Rory's to go where we're going. right now. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, I love spontaneity, yeah. but also, like, I want to know I have a place to sleep. Yes. If I was in the middle of a very populated area, right. I wouldn't be totally so different. But I'm not about to be, like, driving through Central California, like, no. not knowing where I am. No. Like, I like a place to sleep and eat. Thank yeah. you very much. You I know? like controlled chaos. I like the I mean, idea. Not that I haven't slept in my car, but I'm, oh, older. No. I'm an older person right. now. And <laughs> older and wiser. I, I need my sleep and my back is not very good, so. They decide to go visit a... Well, B&B. A B&B. So they stop for... They stop Hayes at Hayden, Nut, Hayden's Nut House. Hayden's Nuts. Hayden's Hayden. Nuts? It's no, Hayden. Hayden is Christopher's last no, name. No, it's Hayden it? without the Y. I thought it was funny that they oh, used the same last name. It's H-A-D-E-N-S. I wonder if it's a real, like, place. Well, like, she Nuts? did say that if she was on a tour... If she did say she was on a rock tour... That's what I was wondering. She would make the driver stop at every Hayden's Nut House. So I'm wondering if it's, like, a chain on the I'm not sure if it's Nut House or just Nut Stand. I just called it a Nut House. Nut House is more fun. If you live on the east coast like in or around connecticut and there are hayden's nut house please let us know please tell us so they decide well first before they they decide that they're gonna go to a b&b of somebody that lorelei knew yeah so on the way to the b&b lorelei calls suki to tell her that the wedding is off because mm-hmm. suki is like still at this point making her wedding cake which she has named clyde <laughs> i think that this part is so funny the wedding cake is like six tiers high yes, it's all completely, completely finished done. and like, Suki just starts cutting out pieces of cake and handing them to the kitchen staff <laughs> and napkins. It sort of reminds me of the episode where that guy was doing his retirement party. Yes. Then he kept changing the themes, and she makes the golf <laughs> oh my the God. golf ball cake, and then she just flips it I, into the garbage can. I laugh so hard. There are, like, 
three moments in Gilmore Girls that make me laugh so hard that I rewind them and watch them over and over mm-hmm. and like almost pee my pants laughing. The first one is when Luke pushes Jess off the bridge into the, into the water. water. That's number one. Number two is the golf ball cake when she slips it into, into the, garbage. the garbage. And number three, I actually texted Morgan about this the other day, is when Lorelai pulls Rory outside the diner to tell her, like, she thinks that she and Luke are kind of dating, but she's not sure. <laughs> and and they go back inside. everything over. Yeah, so she goes, That's the best She's like, scene. let's just go inside and see if anything is weird. And they go back inside, and Luke says, like, hello to Lorelai, and she just knocks everything on the table <laughs> off. I laughed so hard. Those are, like, my that top is three really, really funny, funny moments in the show. Uh, Anyways. Somebody is, like... So we have our windows open because yeah. it's really nice day outside, and somebody's, like, barbecuing outside. It smells, it smells so, so good. so good. I'm so hungry so good. now. So she tells Luki it's... Luki. Luki. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of Luke. She tells Suki that the wedding's Not off. Real. And so Suki is like, okay, stop work on the cake. Like, you know, whatever. So we get to the B&B. And the Cheshire Cat. The Cheshire Inn. Cat. And it's clearly no longer owned by Lorelai's friend. Mm-mm. And uh, not that I have, I love cats. I'm totally fine with that. Oh, yeah. But it's totally Rory and Lorelai's, like, worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. You know what's funny is it reminds me of, like, being in Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. It's like the lady, like, took the Cheshire Cat theme of Alice in Wonderland and was like, you know what? I'm going all out with this thing. Because, like, the flowers look like they're moving on the walls, yep. which is, like, very reminiscent of, like hallucinatory Alice in Wonderland like you know craziness one of my favorite parts of this episode is that cat Sammy oh There's I a cat love Sammy, Sammy and it's, or the cat that ate Sammy yep. <laughs> exactly a very fat cat named Sammy who's like chilling out on the stairs and the whole episode yep. Sammy is like chilling on the yep. stairs at the end of the episode Sammy's not on the stairs. <laughs> and the lady's like, what are you talking about? Sammy's and definitely on the Lorelai stairs. And goes, oh, wow, Sammy's not there. And she's like, he never's on the stairs. And the whole episode, he's on the stairs. Yeah. Including the part when the lady takes their bag. I know. she's seen him on the stairs. That's so funny. So they are trying to decide if they should risk sneaking past the dentist convention downstairs to go eat dinner. Get food. But Lorelai and Rory... Army, they absolutely hate small talk. Chit chat. I hate chit chat. Chit chat is the worst. I hate small talk. It makes me so uncomfortable. I literally wrote, "This is probably why I hate first dates because I hate <laughs> small talk." Yeah, anyway. small talk is the bane of my existence. I absolutely despise it. So they decide not to go down for dinner, and they decide to just go to sleep at like eight twenty-six p.m. Which, listen, that's my vibe I'm right so now. Down for that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. During the time when my the days, like the weeks when my baby is sleeping very poorly, I'll go to bed at like 7. Oh, heck yeah. I'll go to bed as early as I possibly can. I went can. to bed at like, 7.30 last night, mainly because I had a headache. the best part of life. It was, yeah. I'm here for it. So here's the thing. So last episode, we talked about, I, I don't know if you remember, but I brought up how kind of, not annoyed I was, but how surprised I was that Rory didn't, or maybe this wasn't last episode, maybe this episode before, how surprised I was that Rory never really prodded her mom about, like, are you sure this is the right thing for you? Mm -hmm. Like, this marriage, are you sure this is right? You know, and you made a really good point that this is, like, the first real relationship Rory has seen her mom in. Rory herself is so young and hasn't really been in, she's only been in the one relationship she's in right now, so she's not really, like, an expert on this. Mm -hmm. But I really kind of find it a little bit, I don't know if frustrating is the right word, but I'm honestly a little bit annoyed with Rory about this conversation she wants to have with her mom yeah, and confront about, like, her mm-hmm. about why she broke it off. Because basically Rory is like, 
she makes the, it a lot, pretty much about herself and yeah. about Max. She's like, Max you know, was counting on it. I was, I was counting, counting on it. Exactly. But as a kid, you kind of get it. You, you do, know? but at the same time, like, she's questioning Lorelai's judgment on a decision that is going to affect Lorelai's life. And I don't think that as a 16-year-old daughter, she has the right to, like, tell her mom, like, are, like, you're being irrational. This is the wrong decision. Like, you don't, almost like you don't know what you're doing. To play devil's advocate, and while I agree, Rory, maybe it's not her place to basically tell her mother that she's being, like, stupid, essentially. But is it not Rory's right to also sort of be mad at her mom for bringing somebody into her life and giving her expectations that she's now going to have this new possible stepfather? You yeah. know what I mean? And, and getting, you know, getting that idea in your kid's head, you know, and, and making her, like, accept a new normal and count on, the, you know what I mean? It's yeah. something that she was counting on at this point. You know, yeah. she, some stability. Children need right. stability. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, because I know that Lorelai didn't want to marry Max, but, like, did she not possibly think about the fact that, maybe Rory was accepting him in their lives mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he's being ripped out of her life too. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's Rory's life too. Whatever That's happens true. to Rory's mom happens to Rory. And so I can, right. while I don't think that it's right for her to be telling off Lorelai, I understand why Rory's upset because it's affected her life. Yeah. I mean, her whole life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's, she's 16 years old, you know, for the next two years of her life, right. which when you're 16, that's a long time. She thought she was going to be living with you know what I mean her her mom and her are so close you know but I also feel like with all the red flags that we were throwing up in the last couple episodes Rory should have seen like first of all this has happened before with Max which she does call out but it's like okay this has happened before Mm -hmm. and Lorelai called this off so this isn't the first time she's made a decision like this they're date they have not been dating that long Mm -hmm. and Lorelai has consistently shown whether it's been purposeful or not, hesitation to bring Max into their life. Yes. and But did Rory see a lot of that? Like, we were talking about the whole, yeah. like, her not making him a key. Rory wasn't really there for a lot of that But she stuff. was there for some of it. And, yeah. you know, and Rory says, I thought I was your best friend. And Lorelai's like, most of the time you are, but right now you're my daughter. And also, this is my life. I know my decisions, you know? And yeah. she says, like... I wish I loved him, but I don't. And I feel like... I do think that Rory's angry outburst was she'd been holding in yes. for a while. And it, in her defense, it did spring on an important conversation that brought Rory closure. Yeah. I think Lorelai had true. found closure because she knew. She made moment, the decision. Yeah. In a moment, she realized she didn't want to be with him, had made a decision, and she had found closure yeah. in that. But Rory has She been, didn't have closure, no, yeah. She hasn't been told anything. Just all of a sudden, she's being told that... This guy's not going to be in our lives anymore, and that's it. We're right. leaving. Bye. Right. You know what I mean? And so it at least gave Rory the closure that I feel like she maybe needed. That's true. Know? I think my my frustration with the scene is more about how she approached yes. it. Not so much that it's like, a little I do abrasive agree. when yes. clearly Lorelai maybe needs a little bit of time to, like, right. you know, if I've broken off an engagement, maybe I don't want to be 
questioned a hundred questions. Especially about the very it, you know next I mean? day. It's like, very, you know, it's a big decision. And right. It's personal and it's embarrassing and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. You just want to be left alone for a little bit. Exactly. So I totally sympathize with that. Right. That I think is more of what my frustration yeah. is. It's not so much that Rory asks the questions. It's the way in which she asks the questions and it's the, ma- it's the manner in which and it's the timing in which yeah. she asked the questions. I was, it was abrasive. It mm-hmm. felt very much like Rory, now is not the time. You know, yeah. like, allow her a few days to just let it settle and then you can ask the question because even though it was a decision that Lorelai made it still doesn't mean that it was an easy decision for her exactly maybe she needs some time to grieve and to you know whatever so uh, can we just take a moment to talk about the um guest book oh gosh that (laughs) is it the Cheshire Cat in yes and that Lorelai decides to write in what was it? Uh, I am at. I sit. I'm at work all day here. <laughs> yes. Basically, she's writing that the devil is at work oh here, my gosh. and so Rory has to go and like rewrite <laughs> what her mom wrote to change it so, for the owner. <laughs> and then my favorite part is when they're checking out. Laurel, yes. I goes. I sit. <laughs> She goes, the lady goes, did you have a nice time? And Lorelai goes, I sit and I'm at work all day here. <laughs> and then I love that she's like, I can't wait for my favorite part when I get to read what you wrote in the guest book as soon as you leave. Give us um, five minutes. <laughs> give us a five minute head start. Anyways, that was just, oh, I really so like that good. part. So they decide that they're going to go downstairs because they're starving. It's the next morning. Mm-hmm. And they have a 13 minute window when nobody should be down in the lobby so that they can sneak out. Well, of course, alas. they're out bird watching because there was an impromptu bird session that wasn't on Humming the freaking list. <laughs> we don't put all things like this on the freaking list. <laughs> that is so funny. That's when the she best says part. Um, so and they, they're desperate for food. They're desperate for food, so they reel them in with scones. And mm. I always want to say scones. <laughs> <laughs> the horse, the horse that wish we could butter. <laughs> So Lorelai, she, she doesn't so want to obviously, clearly doesn't want right. to tell them that she works right. for an inn. For an inn, you know? yep. And so. She says she's in publishing. She's in publishing. And then they're like, oh, what books? Like, we'll write them down, right. you know? And she's saying children's yep. books. And then she says. Good night, Spoon. Good night, Spoon. The horse that wanted to bark or whatever. And then the woman's like, oh, I think I've read that one. The horse he, learns yeah. to bark. And then, and then like, what, he, happens? what happens? And he goes, she he dies. dies. <laughs> and then Rory's like, Rory's the great equalizer. Yes. But he learned, he learned to bark. bark, so it's really an effort. It's so good. So then Lorelai goes to make a call again to Suki, and because she's trying to get away from these crazy dentist people. And so Rory's left to be, you know, interrogated by them mm-hmm. about her hunky, hunky boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And Rory calls Suki, who is at Luke's diner, and Luke is in a mood, as Luke always Lorelai is. Calls Suki. <laughs> and so Lorelai tells Suki, hey, can you just break the news to Luke, since he's clearly the only one that hasn't heard yet. Yeah. And the minute... No, no, no. She, she said that she told Patty, and Patty told the whole town, yes, but the only but person who didn't heard. know. Right. Like, yeah. So <laughs> Suki tells Luke that Max and Lorelai, the engagement is off, and he immediately becomes, like, the happiest Super man. Like, he's like, coffee on the house. And Also, can we talk about the fact that Kirk was trying to tip 6%? <sighs> Well, like this was the early two thousands. So I what mean, was was that not normal? Like that that seems way too low, even for the early two thousands. Maybe like, I, feel like I don't 18% know. Eighteen percent has been customary for a very long time. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. If you remember what tip percentages were back in the early two thousands, let us know. I like that Kirk was trying to was trying to convince Luke. Like, well, in France they let me sit at the, they would let me sit at this table all day or whatever. And he's so like, then Luke, you know what I'm gonna say? And Luke goes, uh, yeah. So then Luke. 
when he gets the good news, he goes, you know what, Kirk, welcome to France. And Kirk says, gracias. No, no, he says, thank you. Or should I say, gracias. Oh, I laughed pretty hard. That is a good one. I forgot about that. That's a good part. So, okay, here's my question with this episode. So Lorelai's like, I know where we're going to go on our date, on our spontaneous road trip. Mm -hmm. And they get to Harvard. How is it? That they've never visited Harvard before. Yes. Did you, do you they think live, that? Okay, Connecticut and Boston, for those of you who do not know, are not far no. apart. Even if you're on the farthest side of Connecticut to Boston. I've driven through. Right. I've driven from Boston through Connecticut into Rhode Island right. into New York. They're very small It's states. all very small it and compact. It does not take that. Yeah. Like, driving from where we live, the Bay Area, to San Diego is a longer right. drive. it's like an eight-hour drive. A much yeah. longer drive than driving from... Connecticut, right. Hartford, for instance, right. to Boston yeah. is a very short drive. So this is the school that you and your daughter have been dreaming, dreaming about her going to. Yes, I've always said this. Okay. Like, why is this her first time? I don't get it. Doesn't get it doesn't make sense to me because I'm like every, okay, I didn't, but a lot of students do like their college uh, like visit, whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? How is it that it's taken them until her junior year of high school when they do not live very far, it, yeah. to visit the school that she's been dreaming about going to since she I mean, was, like, two years old. It would be one thing if they lived in, like, California Right, or exactly. You know? It doesn't make any sense to me. It just, it kind of, like, struck me. I was like, I've watched this a million times, and this was the first time I was like, how have they never been to it Harvard It makes no before? sense at all. So, they're taking their own self-guided tour through Harvard, and Lorelai's reading, like, the brochure. And I want to point this out, because we talk about this a lot with Larissa, but it was something that we... You weren't on, but I did a Friday Night Live on Friday, and mm. we were talking about this with Marin and with a couple other people on the live. So Lorelai reads that 18,000, in the early 2000s, 18,000 applicants, like people apply to Harvard, but only 2,000 2, get, get in. in. And she's like, oh, that's not good odds. And so Rory's a little like, bit hey. above 10%. Right. right. And, R- and Lorelai says, no, not you. You're different. And... I keep feeling like I say this over and over and over again, but I, I think watching this now Why as an do you adult. Set your child up for yes, failure? It feels like Lorelai, again, and I know Lorelai does this because her parents constantly um, berated her and told her she wasn't good enough mm-hmm. and she was never going to live up to their expectations. And so I know that Lorelai is making up for that with her own daughter by telling her, you can be everything you want to be, mm-hmm. you're amazing, you're this, you're that. But, but also, can we have a little bit of realism? Yes, you know? like, like at some point you need realism to set realism that comes up yes. later. You need to set your child up for success and say, like, even if you don't happen to get into Harvard, it's, it's not okay. because you yeah. weren't good enough. It's because eighteen thousand people apply, and eighteen thousand people and are hey, probably good enough to go to maybe Harvard. Maybe you weren't good enough, but you might not and be. And that's yeah. fine. And it's okay. And also, whose measuring stick is good enough? Exactly. You know I mean? like, exactly. Like, what does good enough entail? Like, yeah, you gotta be, but realistically right. like that doesn't mean you're not a good enough what good enough what right good enough person exactly good enough writer like no it has n- grades sometimes have zero bearing they're on subjective you know what I yeah. mean everything's subjective and so it just frustrates me that and we've talked about this also with Larissa it frustrates me that one Rory does get into Harvard especially mm-hmm. over Paris yeah because that's about so that, unrealistic yeah. but two I, I I wish that she hadn't because it makes moments like later Later episodes with Mitchum Huntsberger and things like that. Makes it so devastating. Yes, she can't handle it. And I'm like, this would have been a really good time to like set her up for success and be like, listen, honey, if you don't get in, it's okay. There are other amazing schools. Also, like Harvard, as far as I know, is not like the 
it's a prestigious school, but it's not like the, the most, especially for journalism. It's not like when you think Harvard, when you think journalism, like, yes, it's impressive if you go to Harvard and you are a journalist, mm-hmm. but it's not like the, it's not like Juilliard for music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't think of Harvard as like the school I have to go to if I want to be a top notch journalist. Yeah. I think of it as, oh, it's a great school and you can learn a lot and, you know. It, yeah, like Harvard yes. Med School. Yeah, pretty cool. Exactly, right? you know? exactly. And that just might be me, but it's one of those things that I'm like, I just don't know that I would, especially like, this sounds really bad, but like, personally, if I had to like pay for college or for my kids' college education and they wanted to go to Harvard, I'd be like, okay, but you better be majoring set in medicine. Your, set your sights a little lower <laughs> But there, I also Frankie. be like, you need to be majoring in medicine because yeah. if I'm paying that much money for you to go to Harvard, like, no mm-hmm. offense to journalism. I mean, I was a journalist I and I was an English major. but like for state schools, yes. man. State schools are excellent. And even starting at community college, there's nothing, yes. like, I did it. There's nothing wrong with it. Nobody knows when you put where you graduated from on your resume, you don't have to put that you went to community college. Nobody's mm. going to ask. Nobody cares. It's where you graduated from. And honestly, it doesn't really matter it really after doesn't. that. Like, as long as somebody's willing to give you a shot, nobody cares where you went to school. No, like, no. Like, are you a good... Like, some of the best people... Like, some people who went to the best schools yep. are still not the best when it comes to actually working and doing things exactly. in real life. So it doesn't really matter. Exactly. They're touring the campus, and Rory, like, stops in front of the library, and I just want to say that I am Rory, and Rory is me, because she has, like, this panic attack that she hasn't even read, like, a drop in the bucket of these books, mm-hmm. and I think about that all the time when I'm, like, doing a reread of a series that I've already read. I'm I do like, that all I the time. I should be reading like, a new I'm book. I'm rereading this book for the 80th time, yep. but there's about a thousand books yep. out there I still want to read that and I'm I think, not read. I think about it all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to read this book. Oh my gosh, I need to read this book. Oh my gosh, I need to read this book. Mm-hmm. And it just like overwhelms me because I'm like, I know that I will never read all the books that I want to read. And I just get so overwhelmed that I end up just rereading Harry Potter because I'm too anxious too to like anxious start a new to book. decide. I'm the same way. That's me with like movies and shows. Yeah. Or food. Or food. Oh, yes. Like, where are we going to go to eat? Right. We're going to go to the same, same place we've exactly. gone for the last seven years. Like, <laughs> yes. And then Lorelai pretending to be a college student reminded me of mom when oh, she tries class next. <laughs> when mom totally tries fetch. to be like cool, she'll say things like gag me and like so totally lame. Ginchy. Ginchy. Okay. What Ginchy? is Ginchy? I looked Why it up. It means like. Uh, oh, I looked it up. What did it... Wow. I looked it up this morning, and I... It's basically, like, uh, cool. It's another word for cool. Uh, oh, my gosh. Also, they, like, walk into somebody's open room. Oh, my gosh. Room. Yeah. Okay, I have a story about this. Okay, wait. Ginchi means, yeah, sexy or cool. A person that I know, um, their son got kicked out of the dorms at college recently. And, like, a Uh-oh. pretty good kid, right? Right. And so, you know, we're all waiting... The group of us are waiting to hear this, like juicy story as to how their son got kicked out of the dorm room. Right. And the guy goes, he went into another person's dorm. And we're like, that's and? it. And they're, we're like, was it like a female dorm right. that he went into? Like, and he's like, no, it was just a friend. And we're like, wait, but he got kicked out. And he was like, yeah, because they're so strict on their COVID regulations that oh. he got, and, and he had had other strikes. Like, I guess right. he, was leaving the dining hall and pulled down his mask and took a bite of a sandwich before he had left the door and stuff. So right. he, he had like, it was his fourth strike or something like that. <laughs> so I just think about like this, how this kid got kicked out. Of, oh my and God. I'm like, man, 
You're, you want to go to Harvard? You're going to get banned from Harvard before you even get in. You're oh, going geez, into people's yeah. dorm rooms, also, nobody, touching their stuff, I sitting on their bed. I don't remember anybody in college leaving their dorm room Just open, open with them not there. And I lived on like an all-girls, excuse me, an all-girls floor. And I never remember that happening. No. Okay, so then they're walking through the halls and Rory decides to step into a classroom. I have like a lot a, to say about an this. An auditorium too. classroom. Lorelai goes to go to the bathroom or something mm-hmm. like that. And... Rory steps in the classroom and drops her coffee cup, oh like, gosh. and makes tons of noise. And I just get so annoyed with her. I'm like, how do you do this? Come on, Rory. Like, this really annoys me because this is another point where I get really frustrated mm-hmm. with Rory's inability to, like, I, I get really frustrated with the lack of setting expectations for Rory. So Rory joins this college class, and Lorelai finds her in the class, like, talking to the professor like answering Mm -hmm. the professor's prompt and the professor like you know rory is like making this point rory rory makes a point and the professor basically says like that's a good point but that's not related to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. and rory gets all excited because she was able to have this like collegiate level conversation in the class but like in my mind, I'm like, but you weren't. You were bringing up a point that one has already been obviously talked about multiple times because the kid in front of her is like, oh, not again. And two, the professor says that's not what we're talking about, basically. Yeah. But Rory gets all excited because she's like, oh, I was able to have like this college level conversation, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I love college. I love fatalism. I love blah, blah, you know, whatever. And it's like, again, I'm like, Rory, first of all, Sitting in on 10 minutes of a class does not college make. That is not going to be your entire collegiate experience. But I understand. I understand she's excited. But again, I'm like, this is not... This is another example of where I'm afraid for Rory's sake of the lack of expectations that are being set around things like college, like Harvard, like journalism. Because... You know, Rory thinks, oh, I love college because she has one little you know glimpse of it exactly one good experience and then that's gonna be the you know the what the rest of college is gonna look like exactly Mm -hmm. and it just it kind of frustrates me a little bit because i think we get really quote-unquote blindsided later in the series when like mitchum says the thing he says about her not being good at the job Mm -hmm. and things like that and remember in her first year of college she's basically sat down and told she's taking too many classes and she can't handle it exactly and that's where i'm like you know as a as a viewer, we are watching this and we're rooting for Rory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how we're set up to yeah, watch the show. You, you root for them. You want to root for her. But at the same time, I'm like, realistically speaking, like, our expectations should have been set. Yes. And we we hate the wrong people because we are rooting for Rory. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't like that. I don't like that that's how the show yes. is set up. I think it makes it really Dramatic hard. people who are the bad people. Yes. You know I mean? Although, granted, Mitchum I mean, Mitchum is not a great person, but, you know, the first, basically one of the first times we really get to know him, we get mad at him because he has the guts to tell Rory what nobody else would tell yeah. her, you know? Although, are we assuming that what he says is true? Well, I'm just saying as, you know, going through the series again on my own, and I'm in like season six right now, I can tell you that I think he's 100% correct. I don't yeah. think Rory is a good journalist. I think that she is a great assistant. Oh, yeah. Because, like, right now I'm watching the episode where... She's bringing him his coffee. And right. That's what he needs then. So I just yeah. watched the episode where 
Paris is the Yale Daily News editor, and she has basically driven everybody out of the paper, yeah. and nobody wants to do it, and so the issue is not going to come out. And so Rory takes over for the night and starts delegating and telling people, okay, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would look at that and go, oh, see, she is really good at this. Mm-hmm. But that's not the measure of a good journalist. That's a measure she of a good forced, delegator. Yeah. And she was forced into into a, like, she was forced into a pressurized moment. Right. But, like, on her own, can she do it by herself right. without, you know what I mean? But that's also like, not also, journalism. Like, but also, let's think about her being made the editor of the Daily right. News. She was sort of made by, she wasn't even, like, fighting for the position. You right. know what I mean? She never really... Things kind of fall into yes. her lap a lot, yes. I've noticed. I mean, even like, the internship with Mitchum fell into her lap because like, of Logan. She's And then she was all complaining that she wanted to work for it and stuff. But it's like, a lot of stuff has fallen right. into your lap. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's just... Well, even the even the job where she goes back to the, the Stanford Gazette. And she's like sitting outside in the lobby the whole day trying to get an audience with the editor because he happened to compliment her on the phone. And so she's like, this is a perfect place for me to work. And he's like, I don't have a job for you. I don't have a job for you. I'm like, first of all, that would drive me up the wall. Oh, I would kill her. Like, persistence is fine. But when somebody tells you no a million times and they're trying to do their job, you need to respect that. I thought that that was a little unrealistic. But it's also not, again, it doesn't make her a good journalist. Like, if you annoy the crap out of your future boss, you're not getting that job. Like, that's real. Like, I don't understand how that happened. She's like, well, everybody knows me here and I know all the people and I, you know, know how so-and-so likes their coffee. And I'm like, again, that's the job of an assistant." Your writing is not what got you the job. It's the fact that you were willing to do the role of an assistant to get yeah. on the paper. That's not journalism. Yeah. And that's what, again, I think that's the problem I have. Like, I love this show, but what really frustrates me is that we are set up to hate everybody that tells Rory that she can't be what she wants to be. Mm-hmm. When in reality, they're like the ones that are actually right. Yeah. It's a little... We're a little unfair towards others in our quest to want to see Rory succeed. Yeah, because I I agree. I don't I don't think she's a good journalist. I think that she is. I think she's a good assistant. Yeah, I really do. So going back to the college class, there's this moment where uh, Lorelai is outside of the classroom mm-hmm. and she's staring at this wall of valedictorians. Number one, colleges don't really have valedictorians. Like there's different departments. You can't. Yeah. There is no way to equally measure people who are in different. That's not a real thing. Second of all, I googled like who is this person? I wanted. I was going to do that. Not a real person. Okay. I read like a blog that people had written asking about it, about who this person was, and I think the significance of her was that that would have been the year year that Lorelai would have graduated from college. That's exactly what. And so she sees herself in this girl, thinking, "Man, I missed out Mm -hmm. a little bit." And I get that. You know what I mean? Like, I I think she deserves to have that moment, and you know, she never really complains. Yeah. That is one thing. I'll say um, very positive about Lorelai. Lorelai never, ever has pity parties about how she didn't get to essentially have, you know, like a real adult growing up period because of getting pregnant. And she really legitimately does, you know, it wouldn't be ridiculous if she was a little bit sad about that. You know what I mean? Like, like, man, I missed out on these opportunities because of this, you know, like. And, and I would get if somebody were sad about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but she, she never, never really does. She never blames Rory. She I never even blames so herself. I think she's so happy with how her life yes. is going that she doesn't feel that way. Well, you I think know? it comes Which back. Which is good. It comes back to the conversation we've had. I think that 
obviously the pregnancy was not planned and mm-hmm. it was kind of the hardest way for her to get out of the life she did not want. Yeah. But I think it did exactly what she wanted in that it did get her out of the yeah. life she didn't want. And so in a way, I think she's grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And that is why she doesn't regret any of it because it, at the end of the day, it really it, did yeah. bring her... And it gave her Rory, yes. her best friend, you know? Exactly. So we leave Harvard and they leave the Cheshire Cat and they end up obviously going back to Stars Hollow. And I think it's really interesting that, so everybody in Rory, Stars Hollow. Rory thinks this, uh, Rory, Rudy thought this part was so funny. <laughs> like they're driving through Stars Hollow and she's like, man, Patty's good. Cause everyone's yep. like, Patty's like holding up a handkerchief yep. to her eye. And Rudy's like, it looks like somebody died. Right. Like there's like a funeral parade going yeah. on almost. But I think it's interesting. So Lorelai says like, every time I go away from Stars Hollow, I come back and expect things to be different. Mm-hmm. But she says, everything is the same. And I think this is really telling of how much Lorelai tries to run away from her problems. Mm -hmm. She just thinks that, oh, by removing myself from the situation, that'll fix everything. And then I'll come back and it will have fixed itself and everything will be different. I think Stars Hollow is good for Lorelai in a way because she can't run away from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's so good at running away from things. But Stars Hollow will never change and everyone there will know her. Right. You know what I mean? But they also, like, will forgive her and will accept her. But it's like... I, I think that's good. She cannot always run away from her problems, and it sort of teaches her that. It keeps her responsible, you yeah, know? Yeah, I agree. They're at Friday night dinner, and Emily is like, they're showing Emily all the slides, slides. the pictures. Lorelai has to have <laughs> slides of her photos, right. which I think is hilarious. So they're showing her the slides Harvard of Harvard. <laughs> it looks dirty. <laughs> this is Rory's dorm and part of my finger, yeah. you know? I feel like I'm really in your finger. And so... Lorelai is finally tells her mother like the wedding is off because Emily was asking like didn't your fiance mind that you just up and left right before your wedding and so at first Emily thinks that Lorelai is going to say that they eloped and again this is a really interesting Emily makes it all about her she's like a mother plans for this day her you know her whole daughter's life I bought a new dress I got my hair done like you can't just do that to me okay I also find it funny that you saw it that way because the way I saw it was Man, look how much your mother flipped out when she thought that you eloped mm. and how sad it was for her. And then you did go out and end up eloping. You know? yeah. And then you were all surprised when your mom wanted to throw you a wedding party. Right. You know what I mean? Like, she just showed you how upsetting it would be to her if you eloped. But I get that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You, she did raise her. This is her child. If I raised Amelia and you know, loved her and cherished her and grew her up, I would be very sad if she didn't include me. Yes. You know what I mean? Or didn't even try to include me on like her getting married that would make me very sad i think the reason i noticed it is because when emily thinks they've eloped she uses a bunch of i statements like Mm -hmm. i went and bought my dress i got my hair the wedding is not about emily right it's not but then it's about the two people getting married but i also do understand oh no i get and i get why she would be upset but then it's interesting that when lorelei says no we didn't elope we're not getting married emily's like oh okay who wants ice cream i guess i have to return your gift i think she's trying not to hurt lorelei's feelings actually that's interesting. I that was the view I took I didn't read it that way. I read it more as like Emily would have been upset to be left out, but now that it's not happening, she's not surprised and it doesn't well, really no, affect her. Well, no, because then Lorelai goes, I know what you're going to say. You're saying that you're, you're basically going to be like, oh, I'm not even surprised. And, and Emily goes, no, that's not at all what I was thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think she's trying to change the subject because she's trying not to rub it in. Yeah. Which she's done before. That's for true. Lorelai. And then Lorelai drags... It out of her, basically. I think Lorelai always expects the worst of her mother, which I right. don't blame her for. But to the point that it's almost unfair, and then she causes the 
problems that she doesn't want to have happen. You know, she doesn't want her mom to think this, but then puts it in her head. And that's her, true. You know, until she says it, essentially. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Like the the reaction that Emily has to the elopement is more is less about Lorelai and more about her. And then the reaction to no, the wedding is off is like there isn't really a reaction. Just like oh, I guess I got to go return your gift now. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, no. This is another thing that I wanted to point out. So we get to the end of the episode. Oh, really? Oh, Lane comes back. Yeah, Lane is back from Korea. She didn't get sequestered to Korea for the rest of eternity. Uh, but she did come back with a bunch of sweet knockoff uh, vinyl. Or not knockoff, but what's the word? Um, bootleg. Bootleg, yes. And... Lorelai starts thinking about the future and all the things that she, you know, she's been, she was thinking about all the things she missed out on, like you mentioned at Harvard, and about all the things she wants. And, you know, she goes to Luke's and she starts talking to Luke about, you know, do you think that I'm ready to make this step and for Suki and I to open our own inn? And I, <laughs> sorry, Doug is funny. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Doug. Oh, yeah? I think it's interesting that now is the time she decides, like, okay, now is the time to jump in on this big project and, like, start my future. And I think it's because she wants to distract herself from Max. I think it's partially, partially that. that. I think it's partially going to going to Harvard. Harvard yeah. Going to Harvard and seeing what her future could have been and that she's stuck where she yep. is and doesn't, don't want to be stuck. And I think also, I think some, but I mean, honestly... These big devastations and changes yeah. in our lives are tend to be the things that push us. Yes, it's true absolutely. For everybody, it's the know? catalyst, and I think it's it's partially like you said because she saw Harvard and what she missed out on. But I think it's also because she's running away from having to deal with the feelings of her broken engagement, mm-hmm. but also because she realizes Lorelai or Lorelai, well Lorelai Rory is going away to school next year, basically, yeah. and she is going to have to distract herself from that too because she her daughter is her best friend and she's she going to be something oh yeah she's going to be a you know at least own. an hour or so away so you know she's going to need something yeah of her own to focus on and i think it's really sweet that luke asks how she felt about seeing Rory away at college and like really yeah, cares about he that. He understands. And then he also believes in her and he's like, if you want any help, you know, I'm here with the inn. Like I've, I've run a successful business and yeah. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have basically. And I just, I think it's really it's sweet. It's super thoughtful. I think it's interesting. So, uh, Hillary, one of our listeners sent me a bunch of like behind the scenes from Gilmore Girls, like season three or something. Mm-hmm. And on YouTube and one of the videos was talking about how originally the character of Luke was supposed to be a woman Interesting. and they asked can we get some more like men in the show basically and so then Luke was turned into a man mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to me because like I just can't imagine it being a, it woman. Being a woman because yeah. Luke is such a pivotal part of Lorelai's life I mean obviously he becomes a huge part of her life but it is funny also to me that they never really intended him to be a big part of the show because it's it feels like from episode one they were meant to be together. Mm-hmm. At least to me, the way I yeah, watch it. That's how I felt. Even the very first time I watched it as a kid, I was like, oh, he likes her. Yeah, like, it would have been devastating. No. Yeah? You're being very, very rude. <laughs> I feel like they were meant to be together from day one. I 100% agree. And that's the end of the episode. So unsolicited advice. Honestly, I think maybe my advice, if I had to give advice, my advice would probably go to Lorelai. And it would probably be something along the lines of, 
first of all, I agree with what she's doing about pushing herself to expand the in and stuff. You know, use this motivation and use this change and let it be made for good. Yeah. Which I think is what she's trying to do. Right. You know what I mean? But don't lose your momentum the second, you know, you fall back into something comfortable. Right. Because we all do that. Or if it mean? doesn't work out. Like one the little thing doesn't work out. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be my advice. I think that's really good advice. All right. I think it's time for Pop Culture Corner. Yes, it is. So a lot of repeat mentions in this episode that I'm just going to gloss over some of them because they've been mentioned in previous episodes and covered in Pop Culture Corner. They're on their road trip and Lorelai is missing her tunes, specifically ACDC and Highway to Hell. Highway to Hell, the album and the song, was released by ACDC in 1979. And if you don't know it, I was hoping Morgan would sing it. Oh, I'm on the highway. Oh, I was trying to, to summon. Hell. I was trying to summon my best oh, yes. ACDC voice, but I don't know if Highway to Hell is the best one to summon it for. I'm trying to think of um. No stoplights, <laughs> speed limits. <laughs> nobody's gonna slow me down. <laughs> that was good. Rory- I'm on the high. <laughs> 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 uh, Rory said. Okay, next karaoke night. That's the song you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rory says you're all evening. <laughs> Rory says your behind the music is going to be fascinating. Behind the music is a documentary television series on VH1. Each episode profiles and interviews a popular musical I artist. I miss behind group. the music. Do they still make those? I don't know. They might be on YouTube. Oh man, I remember they used to do those all the time in like the early 2000s, yeah. and I loved them. They're actually really fascinating. They are. The program examines the beginning of the band or musical artist or group's career, their road to success, and the hardships they may have encountered. Lorelai says that Sigmund Freud would need to analyze her. Sigmund Freud was an Australian neurologist and the founder of psychoanalysis, a clinical method for treating psychopathology through dialogue between a patient and a psychoanalyst. For a second, I thought you said urologist and i was like i think you mean neurologist no, neurologist with an n nicholas cage is mentioned rory says that's like saying an understated nicholas cage movie yes which i think is hilarious oh i have okay quick brief pause yes. like something that i meant to say at the beginning of this episode that i forgot about that really bugs me about gilmore girls i have to say is what is it with this show and like criticizing bands that are really totally yes, fine. Yes. Like I wouldn't sit here. Okay, so they in this episode they criticize both Hootie and the Blowfish and they criticize Lincoln Park. Um, Lincoln Park. That makes me so okay, mad. Okay. I'm not gonna sit here and be like Hootie and the Blowfish is the best band in the world. Like they're fine. No, they've like, got some great. But hits. they're not a bad band. No. Like they're like classic eighties. Better cry if the tears fall down like rain. Like, come on. <laughs> and if the sun comes up tomorrow, let it be. Whatever, however that song goes. But it's like, they're fine. They're yeah. a fine band. Like, what? Yeah. Like, and then and then they go on to say that Linkin Park that is bad. That made like, me so angry. They insinuate that Linkin Park is bad. That made and me I'm so like, angry. okay, no offense, but have you heard the theme song of this show? <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. It's but like, good. It's no, 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 Once again, I have no problems with the theme song right. of the show. But in multiple episodes, they make fun of bands yeah. like as if their music is too, like, right. girly or soft or right. touchy-feely or whiny or, like, yeah. just, like, common. But the literally the theme song of the show goes, Any, anywhere that you tell me to. But 
I just think it's really weird that they make fun of like they also in different episodes make fun of Dave Matthews. Yeah. They make fun of the Bee Gees. Like, yeah, they make fun like, of a lot of They make fun of a really lot of bands, bands, but then they like they're all like adv- they're like, oh, the disturbed. You know, just like right. and she talks about Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Metallica is like the biggest hair metal band right. ever. Right. Like totally like <laughs> hair metal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like but then you're making fun of like I don't I just don't no, get I it. Agree. It really frustrates me. I agree. And actually, you know what? What episode encompasses it perfectly is the episode of Lane's bachelorette party. Mm. Um, what's the girl's name who her mom takes in? Okay, so the the girl that the Korean girl that yes. that Miss Kim takes in shows up to Lane's bachelorette party and like is has clothes on underneath her clothes and yeah. she has I think an Avril Lavigne shirt on oh, yeah. or something, and Lane goes. Avril Lavigne and and the girl goes oh if it's not Joy Division right then, it, then you don't like it she's like Avril Lavigne is great like you know and right. that's how I feel about this whole yes. show it's like I'm sorry I don't know it really bugs me it, it does bother me too because like we've talked about this before they, and they like the weirdest music yeah like the music that Rory plays the first time after her and Dean sleep together oh I know it's like the Candyman right band or whatever Candyman, I'm like okay I'm Candyman. sorry yeah. but then like you're making fun of Linkin Park I, I just feel don't like get it's it. just part of it. it must just be part of the I don't know if it's part of like they who they are or if it. like Amy Sherman Palladino just has really poor taste in music they, exactly they also like it's almost like they just don't like anything that's too popular but the whole show is literally pop littered culture. with pop culture exactly. like so that's I don't that, get it yeah I don't know it really bugs me um so Nicholas Cage, born Nicholas Kim Coppola. Yes, he is related I agree to the Coppola. with this statement. I agree yes. with the Nicholas Cage. Known professionally as Nicholas Cage, is an American actor and filmmaker. Cage has been nominated for numerous major cinematic awards and won an Academy Award, a Golden Globe, and a Screen Actors Guild Award for his performance in Leaving Las Vegas in 1995. His best film, in my opinion, is National Treasure. <laughs> Heck yeah. And he currently stars in The History of Swear Words on Netflix, which is fantastic, if you don't mind swear words. I like um, City of Angels because Iris is Oh, up. yes, yes. Captain, oh, so speaking of Nicolas Cage, Rory mentions one of the films he's in, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. She says, Bella Bambina, two o'clock. Captain Corelli's Mandolin is a 2001 war film directed by John Madden, starring Nicolas Cage and Penelope. John Madden, like the... Not the football okay. guy. Starring Nicolas Cage and Penelope Cruz. It is based on the 1994 novel Captain Corelli's Mandolin by Louis de Bernier. I don't know if that's how you say his name. They show up to the Cheshire Cat, which is based off of the Cheshire Cat from the children's book by Lewis Carroll, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, written in 1865, most commonly known as Alice in Wonderland. It's about a girl named Alice who falls down a rabbit hole into a subterranean fantasy land. And the Cheshire Cat is a character in the book and subsequent Disney film and live action film. Lorelai says that the room they're in would make even Liberace like, say, yeah. yeah, be like, whoa, this is way too much. I am not even going to try to say his, well, his first name is like Lodzu, W-L with like a little slash through it, A-D-Z-I-U, Valentino Liberace was, and I didn't write this, this is straight from the internet. A flamboyant American pianist, singer, and actor. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. My kind of man. Yep. Lorelai says, we could sing Anarchy in the UK. That's a 1977 song by the Sex Pistols. Are you going to sing it for us? She's doing her best. Okay. <laughs> really? Is that your, your interpretation of Anarchy in the UK? It doesn't quite go like that, Nugs. 
but close. <laughs> That's how she feels about Beautiful. anarchy in the UK. <laughs> Same. Um, Rory says to Lorelai, says the woman with a Hello Kitty waffle iron. Hello Kitty um, is a fictional character produced by the Japanese company Sanrio. Sanrio depicts Hello Kitty as a young female Ginjinka. Is that how you say that? Uh, Ginjinka. Ginjinka. Of a Japanese bobtail cat with a red bow and no mouth. No mouth. Is that saying something? I don't know. U2 is mentioned again. U2 is an Irish rock band formed in 1976. U2 is Irish? Mm Mm-hmm. David Lynch is an American filmmaker, painter, musician, writer, and actor. His films led to him being labeled the first popular surrealist. He is best known for creating the TV series Twin Peaks. One of the men at the Cheshire Cat of his, I think his grandson, says he majors in MTV. MTV is an American cable channel that launched in August of 1981. The channel originally aired music videos as guided by TV personalities called VJs or video jockeys. When they're deciding where they should go on their trip in Massachusetts, they mention the city Concord. And Lorelai says, what are we going to do? Go look at grapes. So Concord grapes are famous for being made into grape juice, grape jelly. They are also table grapes, etc. And they're named for the town in Massachusetts. Fun fact, there's a town very close to us called Concord. And it's spelled exactly the same, but we pronounce it here Concord. Yeah. Whereas Concord, Massachusetts, is pronounced Concord. So when people come here, they pronounce it Concord. And it's always funny to me. (laughs) They also mention the town of Salem and... Lorelai says, like, witches and stoning. The Salem witch trials were a series of hearings and prosecutions of people accused of witchcraft in colonial Massachusetts in 1692 and 93. Famous people that went to Harvard are mentioned include Henry James, an American author and key transitional figure between literary realism and literary modernism. He's been mentioned on the show before, so I've already covered him. John Adams, who is the second president of the United States. W.E.B. Du Bois. Bois. He was an American sociologist, historian, and civil rights activist, author, writer, and educator. He is known for The Souls of Black Folk and Black Reconstruction. He was born in 1868 in Massachusetts and was the first African-American to earn a doctorate from both the University of Berlin and Harvard. Hardcore. Yo-Yo Ma also went to Harvard. He is an American cellist who was born in Paris to Chinese parents, a child, a child prodigy. He graduated from Juilliard and Harvard. And I don't know if you saw this on the news recently. He recently celebrated getting his second dose of the COVID vaccine by playing an impromptu concert at a vaccination clinic in I Massachusetts. I saw that. I cool? did see that. And then, Because he was going to have to wait for 15 yep. minutes in observation, so he decided to play a concert for the 15 minutes he so had to wait. Cool. Uh, Fred Gwynn, who played Herman Munster, also went to Harvard. He was an American actor, artist, and author known for his role as Herman Munster in the 1964 sitcom The Munsters. Lorelai tells Rory that she can skip the books Tuesdays with Maury and Who Moved My Cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Tuesdays with Maury is a memoir by American author Mitch Albom about a series of visits Albom made to his former sociology professor Maury Schwartz as he was gradually dying of ALS, and it was published in 1997. Who Moved My Cheese is a motivational business fable, published in 1998 and written by Spencer Johnson. Rory says, basically, you get all of your young person speak from Happy Days and the Valley Girls song. Uh, Happy Days was a 1974 sitcom that I've already covered in a previous Pop Culture Corner. Mm -hmm. And the Valley Girls song is a 1982 song by Frank Zappa and his daughter Moon Zappa, 
using Valspeak, the slang and intonations of teenage girls of the era from the San Fernando Valley or Valley Girls. Uh, The Harry Krishnas are mentioned again. I've covered them before, so I'm going to skip that. As we said, they diss Linkin Park, which is not cool because I love Linkin Park. An American rock band founded in 1996. Rory calls Lorelai Rizzo. This is a reference to the 1978 film Grease. Forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown. This is a quote from the end of Roman Polanski's 1974 classic film, Chinatown. I was curious about this one. Mm-hmm. Rory says it as she's walking uh, They're walking down the stairs, down the stairs yeah. and they're talking about the cat. Yeah. Catherine Hepburn was mentioned. She was an American actress of film, stage, and television, and her career spanned more than 60 years. Did she go by Audrey? No, no, they're not related at all. That's actually what? a common misconception. Yeah. Because I Googled that. I don't that. even know who Catherine Hepburn is. She was just another... Hollywood actress. <laughs> Lorelai asks if she, she's close enough to the curb. And you're within five feet. Yeah, she said, Rory says, you're within five feet. And Lorelai says, ah, close enough for jazz. So this is an American slang, meaning near enough, good enough, which comes from music, musician slang, slang. Wow, I can't speak. Musician's slang, meaning that a particular tuning would be, quote, good enough to play jazz. I get it because I understood this quote because jazz is often quoted as being like flat or it's mm-hmm. very loose. Like Which it's just, makes jazz, jazz musicians not, really annoying, jazz, actually. Well, yeah, like a lot of strict musicians, they have a hard time with jazz because it's very laid back yeah. and it's not as strict as regular, like, you know, whatever classical music is. Right. I actually love jazz. About, I love that about jazz, to be honest. <laughs> Lane says she kissed the tarmac when she got off the plane coming like back from Pope. Korea. Yep. Pope John Paul II arrived in Britain in May of 1982 and kissed the tarmac as he left the plane. Lane mentions the bands that she was able to get uh, bootlegged records of. Elvis Costello, Nico slash The Doors, Iggy Pop um, covering David Bowie. So these are obviously all musicians and various bands. And most of them we've talked about before on the show. Rory asks Lane how she got them back through customs. And she says, I strapped them to my body like in Midnight Express. Midnight Express is a 1978 crime slash drama film about a young American caught by Turkish police while attempting to smuggle hash out of Istanbul. And last but not least, Lorelai says to Luke, Lewis and Clark have returned. The Lewis and Clark expedition, which took place from 1804 to 1806, led by Captain Meriwether Lewis and Lieutenant William Clark, was a U.S. Sacagawea. Yeah, by Sacagawea mainly, was a U.S. military expedition to explore the Louisiana Purchase and the Pacific Northwest as directed by President Thomas Jefferson. And that's it. Pop Culture Corner. Pop Culture Corner. Whew, that was a lot. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Friday Night Dinner. If you loved this episode, we would absolutely... Nugs would absolutely... Nugs would absolutely love it. Really very... Quite very much. You want to tell them or should I? Me? Okay. We would love it if you would leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to follow us on social media, we're on Instagram at Friday Night Dinner Pod. And if you'd like to email us and send us your thoughts, you can email us at FridayNightDinnerPodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, that's all from us. Nugs has said it all. From Nugs. Who clearly (laughs) did not get an out today. And we will see you next time in Stars Hollow. Bye. Bye. Bye.